Good morning, everyone. Uh, today's scripture reading is John chapter 8, verses 12 to 30. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury, as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him, because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them, I am going away, and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, who you, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as me. And he who sent me is with me, not me alone. I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. All right. Good morning, Bridge Church. So glad to be with you again uh, for this week as well. Uh, yeah, so we're in week three of our joint sermon series. We're looking at Jesus's seven I am statements in, in John's gospel. It's such a timely series to be doing together as a church in Hong Kong. Uh, there's so much going on in the city and the world right now. It's so important to know who Jesus is in the midst of it all. Uh, so last week, uh, we looked at Jesus, the, the, the bread of life, and this week we're going to, to look at Jesus, uh, the light of the world. So Jesus makes this claim, I, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The, the symbolic meaning of light is, is pretty universal. Physically, light brings sight, it brings perspective. Uh, symbolically, light is good, 
it, it brings understanding, it, it enables a person to see what is what is right and, and true. Uh, the symbolism of, of light is, is often contrasted with darkness and, and evil. Just like physical light drives away darkness, uh, symbolically, the light drives away evil and, and ignorance, uh, falsehood. This, this light symbolism is, is used in, in various religions and worldviews. Uh, for example, uh, Hindus celebrate at Diwali, uh, the festival of lights, and that's symbolizing the victory of good over evil. Uh, Buddhists seek to achieve, uh, to achieve enlightenment, uh, which has to do about uh, finding the truth about life. The great enlightenment, uh, same word, but slightly different meaning, is a period celebrated in, in Western science and philosophy as a return to, to a better way of understanding the world uh, through reason, rationality, uh, sense-based evidence. And this, this idea of enlightenment is, is traced back to uh, the ancient Greek philosophers like Aristotle. Uh, these philosophers pursued knowledge through a system, systemized study uh, to understand life. And this period of the great enlightenment is, is contrasted with what the historians call uh, the dark ages. So we have this you know, dark and light sort of uh, symbolism uh, in our history as well, or how, in how we understand history, uh, at least from a Western perspective. And, and the symbolism of light is, is still used in the world today. You know, for example, the Star Wars uh, uses you know, dark side and light side to talk about good and evil. In, in everyday life, we use phrases like, I've, I've seen the light, or I've come into the light. And, and these phrases are used to talk about a person realizing a better way of understanding or, or doing something. God in the Bible uses the symbolism of light and darkness as well. In the darkness at the beginning of creation, God said, let there be light and there was light. When the Israelites had to escape from Egypt in the middle of the night, the Lord became a pillar of fire to light the way ahead. Uh, the psalmist speaks of God like this. Psalms 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalms 104, God wraps himself in light uh, as a garment. In Isaiah 49, God's servant is called a light to the Gentiles. In Isaiah 60, it talks about God's glory coming to Jerusalem as a light that shines upon them. And in the Gospel of John, this light symbolism and imagery continues in the Bible. It starts by stating that light is a person. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was a light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John announces to us that the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So this imagery of light and darkness is, is a crucial theme in the Bible and, and in John's gospel. 
As we're listening and studying John together, this is actually something to keep in mind. Those who are in darkness throughout this book of the Bible do things at night where there is no physical light to, to symbolize their need for spiritual light. So in chapter three of John, Nicodemus, as a religious teacher, seeks Jesus at night. In chapter 13, Judas, as he goes to betray Jesus, goes out into the night. Jesus is making an outstandingly tremendous claim. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Only through Jesus can people stop living in darkness. Only Jesus can stop people from evil. Only Jesus can provide the right knowledge and truth about life. Only Jesus can give the right perspective on how to understand and see life. Jesus being the light of the world is, is good news for people in desperate need to know the right perspective and direction to follow. The world needs Jesus to shine into its life because we're unable to see without him. So with the theme of light and darkness and sight uh, being the, the key thing here, I thought, I thought it'd be fun to play a little game. Uh, so Eric, I'm gonna ask you if you could actually enable the chat function for everyone to, to sort of join in. Uh, so we're, we're gonna play a little game, all right? So you know, get, if, if you're sort of far away from your, your keyboard, maybe just have access to it, or maybe one person in your family group can, can have access to it. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show a few pictures on the screen. I'll, I'll describe what I see, and I want you to type out into the chat what you see. Okay, and, and whoever gets the right answer wins. Right. So I'm going to show some pictures on the screen. I'm going to describe what I see, and I want you to type out into the chat what you see. And we'll see uh, who gets the right answer. Uh, to be fair, I haven't checked any of the right answers to, to these pictures beforehand. Uh, so let's get started, uh, starting with the first one here. All right, so I see a bunch of green dots in the middle. I think it looks like 21 to me, a little bit like 21. Uh, I get, I, I get, I'm getting a lot of 74s, uh, 74, 71. Uh, all right, so seven something. Okay, a any other answers? All right, I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna keep going. All right, so it uh, lo looks like I'm in the minority right now. Uh, this one, uh, to me, it looks like, uh, so the colors are a bit different. I see, I see some teal, I see some, a bunch of dots, some orange dots. Uh, just looks like a very colorful mosaic. I'm getting a lot of sixes. Yep, everyone's saying six. All right, well, well, there's there's round there's round three. Uh, all right, this one. All right, so I see like a lot of orange dots in the middle, and then like darker orange dots on the side. It looks like a continent, like a uh, maybe sort of like a continent to me, maybe like America. Two thousand. All right, I'm gonna love two thousand and fifteens. Okay. Uh, all right, last one. Well, that that was the last one. So, so in case you haven't figured it out, uh, 
I'm, I'm colorblind, and that's why we're seeing completely different things. I'm, I'm, I'm unable to distinguish certain shades of red, green from each other. And if you were having similar answers to me, then congratulations, because you are also colorblind. The reason for my colorblindness is because my eye is lacking photopigments, keeping me from perceiving certain colors. So, so my, my own colorblindness is actually quite minor. I can see like most colors, it's just this like very specific shade that I can't really see. But I want you to imagine like, what if somebody had a more serious case of colorblindness? You know, one where you can't distinguish colors on traffic lights, like, you know, yellow, red, and, and green. It was, it was all the same to you. You know, imagine what the consequences would be if you were driving with colorblindness. You know, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I am what is lacking for you to see and understand life the way you should. Uh, without me, you lack critical understanding that you just as well should be blind because you're living in darkness. See, in, 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 the, in this world, whose perspective can be trusted to follow? How can you be sure that the decisions you make will end up being good ones? Whose perspective can be trusted to follow? How can you be sure the decisions you make will end up being good ones? With, with everything going on in the world right now, these are some of the questions people are trying to find answers to in different ways. Oh, with the COVID situation here in Hong Kong, people are asking, you know, should I go out? Should I see people? Who should I see? If I see people, what, what safety precautions should I take? And along with these questions comes with assessing different perspectives on risk. Uh, there's what the doctors say, what the government says, what people around you say. Uh, weeks ago, uh, Hong Kong hit the highest number this year for people leaving the city. Uh, perhaps uh, this, this news fact, along with conversations with other people you, in your life, have, got, have gotten you to debate, you know, should I be leaving as well? Or, or should I stay? You know, if, if I leave, if I stay, you know, which one's the better option? Did I make the right decision? And, and with that choice comes, you know, filtering different perspectives about the situation in the city. Uh, another key issue that parents are facing is, is education for their children. You know, how can I make a decision about my children's education that will benefit them in the future? You know, I, I know some families who they really don't feel uh, doing Zoom online is the best way to educate their kids. So they've pulled their kids out of school and they're gonna try to teach their kids on their own. Um, uh, there's different perspectives on what the best choice is different views on education, on schooling and, and child development. So, so whose perspective can be trusted to follow and how can you be sure the decisions you make will end up being good ones? No, no, no matter how many questions are answered, there are always many more questions and uncertainties. And, and it's here that Jesus calls everyone to look on him. You know, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says to us, 
his perspective can be trusted. Jesus promises following him will ensure that the choices you make will end up being good ones. But those who follow him will have the light of life. The perspective that Jesus gives lets us see the way to life. The light Jesus gives produces life. And to help us just to summarize the, the, this point in another way, uh, I've sort of reworded it like this. Uh, following Jesus ensures your direction and perspective leads to life no matter the circumstance. Following Jesus ensures your direction and perspective leads to life no matter the circumstance. Uh, the world is filled with uncertainty. It's a place where no one's perspective can be trusted because it's, we're all lost in darkness. Uh, it's a place filled with uh, many ideas and beliefs about how to live life, but they're unable to solve the problem of death. The good news is that light has come to the world to show us the way to life. The question is, are you willing to follow? Are you willing to follow? In this passage, Jesus tells us what following him requires. Uh, the first requirement is admitting that you're lost in darkness. The second requirement is trusting Jesus's direction and perspective. So we're just gonna explore these two points in a little more detail. Uh, let's start with the first point. Uh, following Jesus requires admitting you're lost in darkness. See, by, by calling himself the light of the world, Jesus is also saying a very difficult truth. Everyone not following him is lost. They're in darkness. Without Jesus, you, you have no life, no knowledge, no truth, no understanding, no good. Without Jesus, you can't see. Your perspective is wrong. And the Pharisees understood what Jesus was getting at. So they respond to Jesus' statement by accusing him of lying in verse 13. They could not accept that their perspective is wrong and that they needed to be corrected. They believed the opposite. They believed they had the light. In fact, Jesus was saying all these things in the middle of a Jewish festival called the Feast of Booths, where they were celebrating having light. See, during the Feast of Booths, four golden lamps were lit in the middle of the temple courts, and the light from the temple would shine into the city throughout the night as people celebrated with music and dancing. It, it was a commemoration of God leading them out of the darkness of Egypt in a pillar of fire. Uh, they were celebrating God's favor and presence with them. When Jesus claimed to be the light of the world, he's telling the Jewish people, you've got it wrong. <laughs> you don't have the light you think you have. You don't know the God you believe in. Jesus is telling the Jewish people that the light they were celebrating was actually a false light. It wasn't really light at all. Jesus then goes on to, to expose the lost condition of Jewish people. In verse 14, um, 
they have no idea where Jesus came from or where he's going. In verse 15, uh, they jump to human standards. In verse 19, they don't know God the Father or Jesus. In verse 23, they are of the world and they're going to die in their sin. Jesus points out the need for his light by telling the Jewish people their limitations and flaws. Uh, they are people who would die in sin. They are people born and bound to the world. They have no way of knowing the truth beyond it. They are people who have no relationship with a God who knows all things. They are people whose perspective was limited to their, to their flesh, to their physical nature. They are people who cannot give a certain answer to the question of where people come from and where they're going. The Jewish people were supposed to be the ones whom God revealed his, his law to, his word to. Now, God chose them to be his people, but even after all that God did for them, the Jewish people were ultimately lost in darkness. Uh, they, they were celebrating a false light that could not lead to life. And if this was the case for the Jewish people, how much more lost is the rest of the world? None of the many religions and, and beliefs out there can give a definitive certain answer to life. Uh, like the Jews, they all from perspectives that are bound to finite human beings trapped inside a globe with no way to find out what comes before or after. Following Jesus requires admitting you're lost in darkness. Admitting your own understanding and judgments are, are, are imperfect, are flawed, and, and wrong. Admitting that you don't have the answers you need in life. You don't know where you're going. And this brings us to our second point. The second requirement for following Jesus is trusting, trusting Jesus' direction. Jesus gives five reasons why people should trust him as the light of the world. In verse 14, he has knowledge no one else has. He knows where he came from and he knows where he's going. In verse 16, his judgment, his perspective is true because Jesus doesn't judge out of his own understanding. He judges with the perspective of God the Father. Uh, verse 18, Jesus doesn't make statements about life that come from an unverified source. He's not just making these things up in his head. Uh, God the Father bears witness. God the Father verifies everything Jesus says is the correct perspective. Uh, verse 23, uh, Jesus originates from outside of the world. He comes from above, and the Jewish people are from below. Uh, verse 28 to 29, Jesus doesn't do or say anything on his own authority, but only what God teaches him. And God's presence is with Jesus because Jesus does what is pleasing to God. Jesus has all the answers to life no one else has because he has a heavenly origin. 
Jesus can be trusted because God the Father has affirmed Jesus' testimony. Uh, John the Baptist saw the Holy Spirit sent from God descend on Jesus in bodily form. God responded to Jesus by speaking in a voice from heaven for the crowds to hear multiple times. God showed his presence was with Jesus through the many miracles Jesus was able to perform. And, and, and finally, God raised Jesus from the dead, affirming that Jesus truly has the light of life. But no one in, in the history of the world comes close to the credentials that Jesus has. No one has originated from outside of this world. No one has had God himself testify about them. No one has been raised from the dead by God and ascended into heaven. Is the light of the world. Following Jesus ensures your direction and perspective leads to life, no matter the circumstance. So, so I just want us to, to just reflect on this right now. No, Jesus is a light, but are, are you responding to him? No, are, are you trusting Jesus as your light? Or are you trusting a false light? Are, are you trusting your own understanding and perspective? And, and if you're not sure, then, then try to find out the answers to these questions. What gives you confidence and assurance that you're making the right choices? What gives you confidence and assurance that you're making the right choices? Who do you look to to inform your decisions? If you really dig deep, who gives you that sense of ultimate security is who you're ultimately trusting in. The wisdom of the most experienced people will fail us. The research of the greatest scholars will let us down. The opinion of culture is, is constantly changing. In the midst of all the complexities of life during this time, it's, it's so reassuring to know that if we follow Jesus, we will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. We don't have the answers to everything, but by following Jesus in all that we do, the decisions we make will ultimately lead to life. And this is true no matter how dark or how bad our circumstances are. You know, maybe we're isolated with COVID for like seven days and it really sucks. But Jesus is still the light in that circumstance because the light isn't dependent on the world, but on who Jesus is. You know, he's the light of the world in a world that's facing a global pandemic. He's the light of the world in, in a world that's facing the horrors of war. And he's lighting the way in the midst of darkness. Are you following Jesus? You know, what does it mean for you to obey Jesus in your situation right here, right now? Maybe that's something you guys can share with each other um, after, after the sermon today. But I'm, I'm just going to end in prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just praise your name. Thank you that you're the light. Thank you that you came to us to light up all the darkness in our life and all the darkness in this world. Lord, we just want to cling on to your promise in this season, God, where, where, where we are facing a lot of darkness, where, where we are facing a lot of questions, Lord. Would you help us to see the ways that we haven't been trusting you, the ways we've been depending on ourselves, God, and 
would you turn our hearts to trust you more, Lord, and in more aspects of our life? And would we experience you as the light? Would, would we experience your life as we trust in you and respond to that? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. It's been great being with you.